millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Good evening. You are listening to Fight Night. We're at the O2 Arena for UFC London. I'm Adam Catterall. As ever, alongside me, Gareth A. Davis, looking as ravish. You've been to see your tailor this week, haven't you? You're looking oh. good. <laughs> You're looking Listen, good. it's UFC in London. You've got to make a special occasion. Yeah. And hopefully, we're going to sing Sweet Caroline later on. Listen, we're going to have uh, an epic <laughs> show. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about boxing, just in case you are tuning in to, into us live on TalkSport. This show will be available as well as, as a podcast. We've got some epic guests uh, coming your way, uh, Gareth caught up with uh, Jorge Masvidal, who is in the main event against Darren. Your Tim. Spanish is getting better. You it know. is, isn't it? I'm yeah. trying. I'm yeah, trying. It it's, is. It's, well, it's spending a lot of time around you and obviously Spanish fighters or Spanish-speaking fighters uh, throughout the course of the week. And we have, of course, uh, caught up with Darren Till. You're going to hear that in a moment or two. But regarding Darren's, where he's at mentally, where he's at physically, is this the best you've seen him on a fight week? Oh, it was amazing. He he looks so skinny of face, so healthy, so hydrated. But not drawn. That's it. Not Listen, drawn. Do you remember good. that? T- people will remember before he fought Stephen Thompson. After he fought Stephen Thompson last year, a video was released online yeah. where he was literally. If I can say killing himself to make way, it looked like that. He was in so much pain. Yeah. And it kind of changed something in their camp because it, it was critiqued heavily. You know, the powers that be didn't like it. He was very ill making weight. He still won the fight. But it changed something. And you can see in his, you know, when he fought Tyron Woodley for the world title last year. And you can see now, Adam, that he's got the right conditioning and he's building the right way. This is a very important fight for him. No, no question about it. Now, um, we would have loved to have done a Darren Till interview live. But you know that he's got a potty mouth worse than you, mate. So we decided to pre-record this uh, <laughs> at uh, the press week this week. So therefore... Um, we, uh, I'm not going to apologise for the amount, uh, the amount of bleeps, Bleep. but our, uh, let's, just, <laughs> let's just say our boxing editor, Matt, earned his money this week for once. Uh, so there you go. Here you go. Here's Darren Till with me and Gareth earlier on this week in London. First of all, they're a cracking set of Nash's, them, Sunshine. You've had <laughs> them, done not you? Get out, man. Yeah. Just 
in, in training sometimes I was getting chip chip toots and that yeah. and I just wasn't really happy with my teeth. So after the fight, you know, I, I had a little bit of money put aside, so I thought, you know, the time to treat get yourself. some some that treat myself I've, I've yeah. worked hard for this Adam, so obviously I want to treat myself to the, the nicer things in life, innit? That's it. Nice teeth, nice hair, nice tan. I don't you know about well, what, what you think, do you think it looks good? Yeah, better than mine, mate. I Mine's going. Something like Garrett's. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, because no, Jorge Masvidal's got the same hair yeah, as me, yeah. and yeah. we're both looking like Jesus today. And I yeah. said to him, you know, but he he's He's a great dance partner for you, isn't he, for this fight, for this headline? Yeah, and he's, he's, he's a down-to-earth guy. He, he, he's not really about that ego life. He's not about that, you know, like, talk and that way. We met off-camera and there was no... Sometimes people are different off-camera than they are mm. on. I'm the same on and off, and he is practically the same. So I'm never going to sit here to, to a guy like that and talk The only thing I want to say is be ready for Saturday because I'm going to cause war with you and, and I hope he's going to do the same and, and this is why it's a good dad's partner sometimes you get these fights and you think me this is going to be some fighting and I hope it lives up to that mm. how many conversations have you had today already about weight uh, listen it's just a part as I say it's just a part of the process people need to see when you're a big guy like me obviously people need to see where your weight's at and that but as I say I went over there I've had him for the Woody fight now and I brought him over to appeal for this fight and I can't give him enough props. Mm. He is, you know, everyone likes to sit there and go, my meal prep guy is the best, my nutrition is the best. He, he, he is unbelievable for you, me. You seem to have a, a different mentality towards it as well because obviously being up at Cowbon, it's not as hot as it used to be. Oh, yeah. all, the, you know, the temperature yeah. used to be revved up. You seem yeah. to have a total different approach to the way you're approaching this particular fight than what I've seen previously. Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, usually at this point, the only thing I'm thinking about is like weight and I'm, yeah. I can't be asked speaking to anyone, but... This is all part of it, weight's part of it. The only thing I want to do, the only thing I'm here to do is not make weight. The thing I'm here to do is violence. So sadly, I'm here to, to be violent and to have that violent mindset and to give the fans what they came for and to be a animal in there. Mm. We've been talking to Colin, haven't we, about, yeah. about the, the growth of British MMA in particular yeah. on that world level. You're the poster boy. Let's be straight. I you appreciate are. that. I don't like to think like that, but I appreciate that. Yeah, but you are. You, you know, yeah. you, you've had a world title fight uh, yeah. last year, and obviously a lot of people are recognising now UFC Darren Till as a as a thing together. Um, from your point of view, you've done the Liverpool thing in front of your home fans. How important is it for you to still be at the top of the tree in the UK, not just on a world level, but in yeah. the UK first? Uh, I, I fully believe that in the next two years I'm going to fight at Anfield. I fully believe that, and no one's ever done that. And I know I can do it. Mm. And I know that when the Echo fight was happening, I know that 70,000 requests went on the website. So You melted the website? Yeah, I melted the website. And that, that's what the requests were. So 70,000. So if I'm correct, Anfield holds 55. So if I'm correct again, that's you sell it out. out. Who would the dance partner be then? Obviously, Connor. That, that's, that's the fight. It's not about rankings or welterweight or middleweight or lightweight at that point. That, that's a different type of fight. And that's the fight. That's it's an event. Super it? fight. It's, it's a event. super fight. It's an event. It's, yeah. it's the type of fight where not just fight fans and people who know me and Conor go. It's the type of fight where all the celebrities turn up and all the, it, it, it is the thing to do. You know, like the Oscars or something. Yeah, and yeah. that's true. That's, that's the dance partner. When, when, would that come after winning a welterweight world title or, or would you just like to do that late this summer? I'd just like to do that. I just want to do it. I hope he's listening then in Miami. You know, I hope he's listening in Miami right now because we know where he is because we've seen him on Twitter this week. I'd say, mate, uh, anything that's outside the octagon, a lot of people try to ask me questions and, mm. and, and, and people just want to make stories. That's none of my business, what happens with Connor, what he does on the outside. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't look into it. I, I have my own thing and my own life and, and, and that's it. But 
I know Connor's watching. He watches them all. Uh, Darren, it's a great fight stylistically. You are the slightly bigger man, but it's a great fight stylistically. He's, he's probably slightly the more men, <coughs> men, men, mentally stronger man. You never know. So it, it, it's a perfect fight. Did you hear that, Connor? So if you're listening, you're slightly the... the I don't believe slightly. that for a minute. You know, we all have our good qualities and, you know, I'm sitting here, but it'd be good to talk as well. He knows, he knows Irish and Scousers. It'd be an unbelievable fight and it'd sell out like that. Mm. Definitely would. It's sold out like that. Liverpool sold out like that. Trust me, I'm feeling to go quicker. Mm. Yeah. I, I've seen you this week quite a lot to various mem uh, members of the media talking about the Woodley fight and yeah. you've used words like embarrassment and various things yeah. like that. The dust has settled on that now. Is Saturday about drawing a line oh, under yeah. and moving forward? When people talk about the Woodley fight, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, that doesn't matter no more. That'll hurt forever. I'm on my deathbed and I'll say, yeah, that still hurts. I fought for a world title in Canada when I was 16 and I lost it. It was a controversial fight. I still lost. Mm. That hurts. I fought a Muay Thai fight in Thailand. I, well, I lived there. That hurts. They all hurt me. I'm the only one sitting here man enough to say it, though. Fighters will say, no, that's I've learned from that, haven't No, you you just gotta take your little mistakes, what you've done in it. The better man won in Woodley. And and that's it. But but it's how you respond emotionally, yeah. psychologically, yeah. mentally from it. Well, you I know, still believe I'm the best welterweight in the world. So that's how I was clear afterwards, Darren, that you you were gutted on the night. But as soon as you were I think you were on the Helwani show a couple of days later or whatever, you could see that you, you were had dealt with it already. Ready to go again. You know, you knew it happens, it's you like know. I cried and I've never cried in front of my girlfriend. I mm. cried in that mm. back room mm. and, and I didn't want to look at anyone and mm. I was just thinking to myself, Till, what the f you were so close. But then a day or two later I was like, back on Till, you are the f man, you are an animal, you are the best. That's how I think. You've just said two minutes ago that Conor McGregor was meant more mentally strong than you. <laughs> he may be, mate. Uh, Connor's a mentally strong guy. Yeah, yeah, no he question. Is, and, and I believe I, I am as well. So. You've got much better teeth, I tell you that. I'm no. very close here. Oh, He's got definitely. Much more money, though, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I am going to do my utmost to make this fight happen. I'm going to write about yeah. this yeah, now, you have to. every day, forever. Because I tell you what, it will be the. Like, you talk about Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. It will be on a par with that, wouldn't it? You I know. Hope so, and, and this is the thing. I don't want people to get wrong. I'm not mm. chasing the smaller man. I'm not forgetting about welterweight rankings or anything like that you're chasing a legacy event at where I'm from and everyone in this world knows Anfield knows Liverpool I'm looking at I'm a, I'm a kid from Liverpool I sold out the Echo Arena for the UFC for the first time ever there's a guy there Conor McGregor similar interests the biggest superstar in the world mm. in fighting I'm on my way there I'm, you know, I'm probably second after him in Europe why can we not make this happen and I feel just a super fight? Forget about everything else, super fight. So I don't want the fans to get this twisted. In real terms, though, ha have you had your management team try to talk to people like Dana White and those guys I in the background? I mentioned it to one of the bosses in the UFC and he just... Did his eyes light up? No, I mentioned on text and he was oh, like, just replied, ha-ha, you know, and, and a few messages and whatever. But I'm not going to say anything just of yet. But it's in people's minds, yeah, everyone yeah. filming, everyone listening. There's a seed being planted, yeah, yeah. you plant that seed there and it grows. So it's grew. There Definitely. you go. And you, and but you've got to win Saturday night first, haven't you? Saturday night you first, know. I've got to continue. And then you never know, one day you're sitting there and, and it starts becoming something. Hmm. And that's where it comes from. So. Regarding the next step after, I mean, the, the Connor thing might be next year, might be two years, might, whatever. Regarding Masvidal at the weekend, you get a performance, you get a victory. In your mind, with what happened with Usman and Woodley, 
And you mind you have Woodley on the radar of maybe running that fight back so therefore uh, to get that retribution? Yeah, I need to get revenge. I, I've just said though then, I don't know where Woodley is right now, he's focusing on a lot of directions. Will he get the rematch with Usman? I don't know. Will he fight Corby? Possibly. So, you know, if I'm there, that rematch can happen. The fight with Corby can happen. Because a statement this weekend, you're back in like that. Well, at the end of the day, Adam, I'm number three. So when I beat Jorge, Sati, all goes well. I cannot move up physically because mm. Corby's the former interim, Woodley's the former champ and Usman's the champ. So I have to fight one of them three if this can happen. Mm. So that's where we, we're, we're stood at right now. Looking forward to it. Definitely. Oh, no, it's it's a thrilling fight. You know, Darren, you deliver every time you come to fight. Have you, just going back to the, the Woodley fight, is it something you have to watch once back and then you never watch it again? Or? No, I think it's good to just always watch it, see this, see that, see yeah, where, yeah. what you're looking at. Well, you didn't pull the trigger yeah, in. You didn't pull yeah, the trigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All them things as a fighter, yeah. Garrett, so it, for life I'll watch it and for life it'll be like, ah, oh, you know, that thorn inside it. And we've all got them in life, we've all got a thorn inside it. Of course. Think, what, what? And that's my thorn, and another fights where I've lost are my thorn. So you know, so it's motivation, it's drive, it's will, it's it's all those things. And the more you watch it, the harder a stone it becomes. Yep, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Listen, but not a bitter stone, a, yeah, yeah. a positive stone. Yeah, better, not bitter. Yep, no. exactly. Before we uh, before we clear off, Phil Collins, Neil Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Oh, that's all I need. Yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you waiting. It's Sweet Caroline, so everyone better be cheating. Singing as well. Singing as well. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you, mate. All the best. Are you listening to Fight Night on TalkSport? You listen to Fight Night Live. We're at the O2 Arena tonight for UFC London. Now, of course, we'll have a little bit of boxing chat for you throughout the uh, next couple of hours or so. Uh, but right now, um, earlier on this week, Gareth caught up with Jorge Masvidal, a man that is fighting Darren Till uh, later on in the welterweight clash that is topping uh, the bill here in London. Uh, before me and Gareth give our take on that fight and this interview, I think you should listen to it. Are you going to remember London as... Um one of those 50-odd fights you've had where you brought the house down because you brought the local hero down in the octagon. Oh, it's the, it's the only way to do it. I live for that, you know, that chaoticness right before the fight and then you hear pin drops because I took the wind out of everybody. So this a feeling is hard to describe. That drug is, you can't buy that from your local drug dealer, you know. Scientists haven't come up with the formula to duplicate that drug. So I have to leave with that, you know, I have to. I can't leave without it, man. I'm pretty selfish when it comes to that dosage, you know? Do you believe Till, when he went face-to-face with you in the, you know, what I'd call the gloves are off across the table, that he is going to come and throw down? Because you're one of the most dangerous fighters on the entire, whatever it's, 500 roster. If you go in a shootout with you, it becomes a 50-50 or it could become a 60-40 or a 70-30 like that. Do you believe him? Yeah, I believe him, you know. Saw the look in his eyes. He looked pretty, you know, pretty sure of himself. And he's a young bull, you know. Why not? You've got to test your metal, right? I think he's going to come to fight. I don't think he's going to come do, not to knock him or nothing, but like Stephen Thompson where he's very careful in his shots. I thought he lost that fight. Three rounds to two. A lot of people don't agree with me, but I thought he lost it. Yeah, with the till fight? Yeah, yeah I, I thought, thought Thompson won. I, I thought, thought Thompson, Thompson won, won as well, yeah. you know. But very Thompson style. I won't tell Till that later, but I thought he lost that fight. <laughs> yeah, I thought he lost it as well. <laughs> but um, it's, it's Thompson style, you know. It's very uh, move, move, move. One hit, move, move, move. He's not, he could hurt you, but he, 
if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Not take nothing away from him. He should keep doing the style. It's working for him. It's got him this far. But Till's not like that. I think Till. No, I agree yeah. with. You. He isn't like that naturally. Yeah, till, no. till naturally is more of a. He wants to hurt the guy. He wants to finish the guy. He wants that 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 moment. You know. So that's that's what's going to create the fireworks. So we both want that moment, and we're going to meet. And it's going to happen, you know. It's going to be pain and, and misery for somebody. Yeah, no, he's got Liverpool Street in him. He's a very, very hard man. Yeah. And, and as, as he said to you, he loves fighting. We know that about him. He's not media trained. He's not. Yeah. He's, he's got very rough edges. Um, but you've been around a long time, 45 mixed martial arts fights. But before that, of course, uh, you know, you were fighting with a friend of mine who's gone now, Kimbo Slice as well. I know he's a friend of yours. And that it was a big thing, street fighting in Miami at one time, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was, uh, thought it was just like growing up as a kid, you know. But then when I, when I looked at the world picture, yeah, it was pretty famous uh, on the, on the worldwide scale. It's crazy because I still recognize more for that fight probably than than a lot of my UFC pro fights. Every, every so often, oh man, you're, you used to do those backyard fights, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was me many moons ago, you know. So it's pretty cool, you know. Um, I just grew up like that, man. Uh, why, why did you grow up like that? What was the, what was the environment you were in then? A very humble place, you know. Nice little humble place. A lot of immigrant Latin people like myself, you know, mm. and uh, and working class people. Me and my friends found a little life hack. I used to fight, and I used to like it since young. So we'd gather up money, you know, all ten of us or whatever, and everybody come up with like ten pounds or whatever. And then we'd go find somebody else that wanted to do the same thing. We'd like bet someone would play marbles, you did fights, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't good with playing with balls, or neither did it attract me. So uh, I went right into the fighting, man. Man, you know what I'm saying? What's in our primal instincts, you know? Well, that's what I did, and I got good at it. And thank God I make a great living off of it, you know? Well, your resume is extraordinary. Um, you know, I mean, it is incredible. Um, and you... Um, what did you learn from being friends with people like Kimbo Slice? Because you were mates as well, weren't you? Yeah, man. God rest in peace. One of the most humble people I've met in the whole world. Not the sport, the whole world. Truly a humble guy, man. We'd go out somewhere to to eat or whatever. Besides being the most recognizable guy, I think, in, in fighting, you know, he'd sit there, talk to everybody, take pictures, not even eat his food, just to shake everybody's hands, you know. Crazy shit like that, which I didn't even understand. I'm like, man, you just too damn good bro you're too good to be true and, and that 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 is really who he was because a lot of times th there wasn't this crazy you know everybody had a phone he was just like a nice guy generally inside you know and very humble that people wanted to actually meet him and talk to him you know so he's a cool dude but uh something i definitely learned from kimbo's is just get at it you know a lot of the attitude that i had is like it doesn't matter man this guy wouldn't warm up he'd pull up to the spot they tell him hey let's go okay let's go and just get after it no excuses no nothing he started fighting late as hell man he started fighting like in his late 30s didn't give no f you know just get after it you know what i'm saying no don't put no barricades on yourself this world will do that enough for you, you know you just take care of the job ahead of you you know i did a two-hour interview with him in the w in hollywood one day for cbs and he was the most gentlemanly man I think I've ever interviewed it was quite extraordinary yeah, yeah, yeah. and I took him in front of the I said you know how scary you are he said well, no I took him in front of the bedroom or the bathroom mirror and I said look at you frightening yeah, and then you smiled in the gold teeth and he said no no I'm a teddy bear yeah. and he was on that day he, he was actually, a teddy bear yeah, he has know? that switch man where yeah. I've, I've seen with kids I've seen him with kids I've seen him with interact with numerous people and he is more of a teddy bear than anything until he fights you know and then he turns out the, the switch you know um 
How important is it for you? Do titles matter now? Is it just being remembered by the fans? What really matters to you? All oh, the titles, all that matters <laughs> to me. You know? The title and then getting that title, defending that title, making as much money as possible for my kids and my kids' kids, you know? So I, I, I got to do this. I've, I've had fun doing this. I've had a blast. I think my life has been fun, not to brag, but I've had an amazing life. I got to make sure my kids have an amazing life. And this is the way to do it. When you used to fight and that adrenaline used to course through you and just go at it, over the course of whatever it's 10, 12 years fighting, do you keep a low resting heart rate now? And is that a real pleasure when the adrenaline's pumping but your heart rate is low? I don't, so I don't that think my heart rate's ever low, man. No, 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 I'm always ready to go, man. I'm always... Does it not slow down for you in that moment yeah, when the bell? Yeah. That's oh, what yeah, I mean. That, that, that's what that's I mean. It, yeah. The slowing. I mean. Yeah, yeah, it slows down in the bell. That's that's yeah. when I can see the things in slow motion. You know, fighters at a high level, they know what I'm talking about. Where we could see those moments in slow, and other people might not be able to see it in slow. We could see a lot of things in slow motion. That's amazing. That's, Is that a thrill? Every time. Oh, that's a different type of drug, man. Yeah, yeah. You ain't felt nothing like that. They don't. They, man hasn't made nothing like that. One, the, one last question for you, Jorge. It's brilliant to talk to you, and um, you know, it's great to have you here in London. It, it, it's you're a brilliant dance partner for Darren Till. He has said he's going to knock you out in the first round. Give us your prediction of what's going to happen in this fight. Well, I'm glad, like I said before, the kid has standards. You know, you gotta you gotta have a good opinion of yourself to be in this sport. You know, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> definitely, I, I can tell you definitely that much. I ain't never been knocked out. It's not happening now. Um, I'm going to crush his dreams, man. I'm going to f*** him up, you know? And it's not impersonal. The dude's cool, but I'm going to f*** him up, you know? You got a round in mind? Nah. I like the, like you said, I like the, I'm a dance partner. I like the dance, but I like the fight. If it goes in the first or it goes in the fifth, I'm going to enjoy every second of it, man. I love it, man. I love to do what I'm doing. I haven't done this for a while. Um, fuck, I missed it, bro. I can't wait, you know? Thanks for being here. We can't wait to see you fight. Thank you, all. Sir, Jorge. yes, sir. He's in good spirits, isn't he? I tell you what, he's a very, very dangerous man. I do not believe that Darren Till is going to go headfirst into a toe-to-toe war with Jorge Masvidal. As I said to him there in the interview, Adam, he is one of the most dangerous finishers in the UFC, and he's got a great chin as well, and he's got a great beard on it right now mm. as well. Um, I don't know if you believe it but I think Till will be very smart in this fight I think he has to be um regarding what you've just said there there's if you if anybody is familiar with Jorge Masvidal's career there's a there's a very similar tale with a lot of the fights he does get tagged he does get wiped but he can take a knock no question about that and I then he's a wounded tiger I think he's the, at the most dangerous then exactly on the inside his elbows and he, everything he's, he's another Eddie Alvarez he's uh, I'm trying to think of others right now but there's loads of them when they are damaged um, Glover Teixeira, other fighters, when they're damaged, they got their backs to the, the, yeah, the octagon wall, they're just going to let go. and Because they, they know they've been there so many times. Um, and so that's how, does, how does then Darren Till, how does, how does he make sure that he doesn't get sucked in? Because at the end of the day, it's going to be raucous, the crowd's going to be cra- going crazy. If Darren tags him, the crowd's going to be up. Darren might fight then on emotion, as we've seen people like Cody Garbrandt fight recently. How does he avoid that? Because that is like you just said when Masvidal's at his most dangerous. Well, I think the thing was with Masvidal, if you get him down, you get on top of him and you swarm him if you can, mm-hmm. and you try and get a stoppage. But is that Darren's game? No, I don't think Darren it is. But, stand-up, but I, Darren can do. I think Darren can do everything, to be honest. But what I do feel uh, in this contest, I think there's a lot of pressure pressure on Darren Till. He didn't produce for himself 
against Tyrone Woodley when he got the UFC yeah. welterweight title shot last year. Um, Will that we, be playing on his mind, do you think, later on? Because obviously he needs to pull the trigger, doesn't he? He didn't do it in that title shot. He, he really didn't do it. And he was looking, his game plan completely got smashed by Woodley, you know, hitting him. He didn't land one punch, yeah. remember? He didn't land one strike. And we've heard him say that, how disappointed he was with himself from that. Um, you know, he's got to measure the distance against Masvidal, and I think he's got to counter him as well. I think that's really key in this fight. He is a clever southpaw. He's got a lot of feints. But this isn't a Donald Cerrone, who's a very light welterweight. Yeah. This is a Jorge Masvidal, who's very comfortable, who's got a resume almost like no other. 45 fights, remember? Mm. Round street fights before that. And he is... He's a great, as I said in the interview with him, a great dance pass partner for Darren, but he's the kind of dance partner that can make Darren look great as well. Mm. Uh, for fans that don't know too much about him, this is not a foregone conclusion by any, any means for Darren Till. Uh, stick with us. We'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on here at the O2 uh, for UFC London. But coming up next, we're going to talk about that April 20th show that was announced this week by Matchroom. We're going back to boxing. Taylor loves that, she wants to have a fight, she wants to stand in the middle of the ring and go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Good body shots going in there from Taylor. Fabulous, doubling that up with a left hand from Taylor. There's the class. That fight tonight has set me up for a great 2019. Um, I obviously think the main goal is that we want to be on the spirit champion in the lightweight division. And there's also Manserrano as well, so Cedar Bracus is going to be a huge, huge year next year, next year, I think. So exciting times ahead. It's amazing, you say a switch goes sometimes with fighters and they're not like they are in the ring. Katie could not be more different out of the ring and inside. Outside of the ring, she's like Gizmo. When the battle goes, she turns into that green little monster. Just keep doing your thing, and all, only, only, only have your back all the way, and I'll back you, whatever you need, whatever you need. Honestly, it's probably going to say it's an honor for me to come here and see you. Irish hero. You're listening to Fight Night Live. We're at the O2 Arena tonight for UFC London, but we're not just talking about mixed martial arts. We're obviously going to have a little bit of a conversation about little bits and bats in the world of boxing. Last night, we were treated to Katie Taylor putting on yet another clinic. We've spoke about this girl. We've had her on the show on many occasions, but we spoke about her on many occasions being the best female boxer of all time. I know that we might be getting carried away we ourselves because she's doing a business in, in the modern day world and maybe those types of statements are for rose tinted glasses when people call time on, the, on their careers. However, every time I watch her, I'm more and more impressed, Gary. She's absolutely outstanding and I would not not back against her now becoming the undisputed uh, female lightweight champion. Let me rewind three and a half weeks. I was in Connecticut. I was 20 miles away from her, and she had flu. She didn't want to see anyone. Katie Taylor is interested in two things, and Eddie Hearn proclaims this very often. Boxing to her very best, and adherence to her religion, Catholicism, or, yeah. or born-again Christianity, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, um, She is so focused, and we saw that in the early hours of this morning in Philadelphia, where she was up, and un up against an unbeaten... Uh, Brazilian in, in, in Rose Volante, 14 fights, eight knockouts, mm -hmm. um, a woman that meant business. And I tell you what, Katie had her from the first round. She knocked her down in the first. Yep. She troubled her through to the fifth. She took a round off in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. She just destroyed her. She nearly fi finished her in the fifth as well. Yep. Volante was stopped on her feet. Mm -hmm. It was an accidental head clash, but she was so beaten and 
disorientated that referee uh, Benji Estevez stepped in between them and said, I don't want any more of this. Yep. She is becoming brutal, Adam. And you know what I like most of all about her? After the fight this time, she said, that was a pretty good performance from me. Mm. She needs to talk herself up a little bit. No, 100%. More. And now you would think that the next step is to, to become the undisputed champion at this particular weight, taking on uh, Delphine Pierce soon. But the interesting stat that comes away, that I come away with from last night, is that everybody in the weight category above her, she's already beaten them. She's already beaten all the champions in the weight category above her. So yeah. once she's mopped up here, do you think, I mean, you've spent a bit of time with her, size-wise, could she move up? and therefore maybe become undisputed two-weight champion? She can go up two weights for Do you me. think? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and she must, in my view. In order to take on the Cecilia Brackhouses of this world? Listen, I wrote a piece earlier on, made a comment for the Telegraph, made a comment. She's got to fight Belgium's Delphine Pearson first and, and, uh, and get hold of the WBC's bauble at lightweight. Um, nice word, bauble. I like yeah, that. it is. Well, it is. She's... she's going to get all the baubles. <laughs> she is the golden balls of women's boxing. She really... No, but she's going to have all the balls. No, you are right, mate. Go on. You know, and the thing is about her, um, if she hasn't shipped much damage in that fight, Which I she, would love to... Well, she didn't. No, I would love to see her on the undercard of um, Anthony Joshua and Jarrell Miller I on think June she will. 1st at Madison I think she will, Square mate. Garden. Come on. She got it, so she you? squares off the lightweight division. There's three fights for me that she should have. Amanda Serrano, eight-weight world champion or seven-weight world champion in women's mm -hmm, boxing. Mm -hmm. Mega fight. Cecilia Brakus, 35 fights undefeated. Beautiful-looking woman. At welterweight, remember? And all the great champions have stepped up. It's not like Amir Khan against uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Cecilia Brakus is a bigger woman, but she's 35 years old, I think. Much more shop-worn than Katie. And that is a mega fight. That's a croak park. I would substitute Cecilia Breakers for Minnie Mouse for that one in Croke Park mm -hmm. so that we can get 70,000 there and like get a mega event on this. One other fight I'd like to see her in. Holly Holm coming wow. over from, from the UFC to fight her in a boxing match in Ireland as well because the preacher's daughter yeah. is also of Irish descent. Yeah, and Golden Gloves champion as well and a fantastic uh, career in the world of boxing before she did step over, obviously, into the world of mixed martial arts. Um, I just want to point out as well, if you are listening to this show, we are currently in the media room of, uh, of the UFC event, so therefore there's interviews and various things and fighters coming in and out of the room in the background, so if you can hear a little bit going on, uh, that's what you can hear on. But I would just want to concentrate for a moment or two on... We're in the bowels of the we O2 are. We're right, right in the now, bottom we? of the, uh, the O2 here. But I just this place changes every time I come here, by the way. It's more and more like a Hollywood casino. There's more shops, great, there's it? more... It's brilliant. Yeah. This is a brilliant place. I nearly bought myself a denim jacket earlier on because they had 40% off. Listen to it, mate. Shop. <laughs> a bit, bit of... Um, a bit of shopping on the way to the show. Jacket. Yeah, no, exactly me. that. You're growing soft, lad. All right, then. Regarding Katie, here's one for you, then, because Conor McGregor said this. Um, I want your opinion on it because we've had some wonderful Irish fighters down the years. Is she the best? What, Irish fighter of all time? Yeah. Irish fighter? Yeah. Wow. It's a big shout, I know. But Ooh, um... Look, I, I, or could she be the best? I mean, if she becomes undisputed champion at this weight, goes up and un becomes undisputed there, and then maybe takes on a Cecilia Breckhouse at the weight above that, we're talking about well, all-time greatness, I'll tell you what, That's what if, we're talking she, about. I don't think this will happen, but if she went up to middleweight and beat Clarissa Shields as well, if she went up to middleweight and could beat Clarissa Shields, I think she would be. But I think... That's the benchmark, and Clarissa's huge. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see it. I'm sorry, I love David versus Goliath, or David against Goliath, um, if, I, if I can put it in, uh, in female form. Have you, have you just gone 
Davida versus Goliata. You've got you've gone. Lat- it sounded Latino though. Oh, it's all like Latino, it. of course I it like is. It, I like it. Um, or, or biblical maybe. Yeah, okay. Uh, biblical, but but you know the thing is about Katie and it's a, and women's boxing in general. And I am a fan of women's fighting, as you know. Um, you have to look at the depth of the field and the level of the opposition yeah, you're that right. she's facing. You're right. Um, and when, her, when I said earlier on about the, the champions in the weight mm, category above, mm. Katie's already beaten them. That kind of says a lot, doesn't it, about the, the depth where, we, where we're at. But there are some, there's some quality out there. And I mean, you're mentioning all those names, but they are weight categories above. She's going to have to kind of give away a lot of size and a lot of things in order to t- make those fights happen. Well, what we're, see, what we're seeing with her, she's got the hand speed of an Amir Khan. Yeah. Um, Technique's I'm, unbelievable. Under her coach, Footwork's unbelievable. Yeah, she's mean, outstanding. I've got to say, Peter Taylor, who I know as well, he put the foundations in with, with Katie, and he's not around now, and she's with Ross, of course, who is brilliant, and the American coach. Um, but what I would say about Katie, as my dinner repeats on me slightly, is that um, I didn't <laughs> buy a leather jacket tonight. It's a good job we're after hours tonight. Yeah, but, but <laughs> there's a lot of food here on the buffet, you know? Um, that, that Basically, if... If Katie continues to win in the style she's doing it for the next three or four years, because I don't think she'll be in the game a really, really long time, because she'll wipe out the opposition fairly soon. Yeah. It, it's, it's a two-year... For me, she's a two-year project. What's she now? 32 anyway. Yeah. She'll be gone at 34, 35. She won't carry on forever. Um, but I, I think she can go down as the greatest women, woman boxer of all time if she beats Breakus... There's another girl out there, maybe who's a bit big as well, Christina Hammer, yeah. who's also a middleweight. Yeah. Um, but you know, look back, back, way back when the great fighters went from lightweight to to welterweight to middleweight. Sometimes, you know. Um, but I don't know in this modern age whether she can do that. We just got to enjoy her while she's around. I mean, she's Eddie Hearn's favourite fighter at the moment. Listen, she's a lot of people's favourite fighters. There's no question about that. Um, when when I make that. When I say the greatest Irish fighter of all time, the possibility of, and this, this comes from my attitude with women's mixed martial arts because there's some fantastic women's mixed martial artists. And I have, for example, Amanda Nunes in my pound-for-pound pound top three, and that includes fellas as well, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that she's, it's just a woman's thing. I don't look at it like that anymore. When I see Katie Taylor fight, I just see a fighter. I don't see a woman fighting, I see a fighter. And that's why I'm maybe making the overall comparison of where she would stand in the, the echelons of, of history? I, I, I think... God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get hammered for this probably, but I think you've got to differentiate between... If there's a woman out there who fights in the style of a man, it's her, herself, or it's Clarissa Shields. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a distinction between men's and women's boxing. Yes, of course. Because there's a lot more knockouts in men's boxing. There's more explosive power yeah. in general. And, you know, physically, men are different to women. I mean, I think we have to acknowledge that. Do you that. think as well, just for the women's game, for people that maybe don't know too much about women's fighting, in the world of boxing, do you think that they, they, they should then extend the rounds? That we should go from two minutes to three oh, minutes no in order to give us an opportunity to yeah, see more I knockouts? Mean, because Katie would stop every opponent, yeah, wouldn't she, there, if we had three-minute rounds? There's so many opportunities where... She's got someone hurt. Two minutes. That you know, you've got you've got another 
minutes to finish your opponent. And so there's a difference. There's such a big difference in having a two-minute and a three-minute round. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's got to change. It really has got to change. Look, women's boxing came in at the Olympics in 2012, and mm -hmm. it suddenly gave it a growth hormone, if you like. Yeah. And, it, and it's become much more intriguing. People love women's fighting. It's the same. We're here in London tonight at the UFC event. People love women's MMA, you know? Absolutely. But sometimes the women's fights are so much more fascinating than the men's fights. Um, I think more so in MMA than they are in boxing as well. But, you know, we're on a growth spurt. Katie Taylor's at the head of it, along with Clarissa Shields and a couple of other women. It's exciting. And maybe Nicola Adams. It's exciting, isn't it? But it is exciting. Very yeah. exciting, yeah. Uh, do stick with us. You are listening to Fight Night uh, on TalkSport here at the O2. Uh, we are in the media room at this moment in time. We will obviously delve out into, uh, into the main auditorium for a little bit of action uh, later on. But to stick with us. We'll continue the conversations about boxing in a moment or two. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis. We're at the O2 Arena today for uh, UFC London. But that doesn't stop us talking boxing. Uh, and it doesn't stop us talking about heavyweights, mate. Every single week, all we seem to be doing is talking about what's possible in the heavyweight division, not what's actually happening in the, in the heavyweight division. And there's been more developments this week. We know off the back end of last week's show, we were talking uh, quite a lot about DAZN uh, going direct to Deontay Wilder and maybe having a little bit of a conversation uh, with him, they've had that conversation this week, and if the reports uh, are, are, are true, we're hearing that him and his team might actually turn that deal down. He's going to be announcing his, his fight next week, isn't he? And we think that that will be on Showtime, uh, the one against Dominic Brazil. Yeah, Adam, I spoke to our friend Shelley Finkel mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, briefly. Uh, Shelley didn't want to divulge... Shelley Finkel being his co-manager for yes, people that Sorry, yes, his co-manager with Jay Diaz, who's his trainer. Obviously, Lou DeBella's involved as well, as is Al Heyman, uh, who, contract, who, who does the contractual stuff with Showtime, mm. uh, the TV company in the US um, that Wilder's been fighting on. But as you say, DAZN, the American over-the-top streaming service that want Wilder because they've got Anthony Joshua and Canelo Alvarez and G Triple G, mm -hmm. would love to get Wilder so they can do a kind of quarterfinal, semifinal, final build-up with Joshua. What Shelley had to tell me was this. Yes, they have been in talks with John Skipper. 
who is the, the main man at DAZN. Main man at DAZN, who'd come there from ESPN. Of course, he's a very big figure in, in the world of sports broadcasting. They have had talks. Um, I asked him about this $100 million figure that's been knocking around. Yeah. Um, People have been saying that it's a 20 million fight, a 40 million fight, and a 40 million well, fight. That's, Shelley, what, that's what's been reported. But Shelley knocked that down. He said, it's in that ballpark, is what he would tell okay. me. I'm quoting him there. It's in that ballpark. And I wouldn't disagree that they won't be offering him less than 20 million a fight. It will definitely be 60 million of the Green Goddess Bucks. Yeah. Minimum, I would, would suggest. Yeah. Three fights. And to just put that into some significance, he's. I mean, the most he's ever earned is from the Tyson Fury fight. Yeah. He, he averages around two to three million dollars a fight. So if we're talking, if we're talking about, you know, this current deal of twenty million dollars, it's a lot more than what he's it used to. It won't be twenty million for Dominic Brazil. They cannot offer him. I'm just giving ball. Like you just said, I'm just giving type of synopsis. Just, no, 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 exactly. No, it's fine to. We, we we can speculate at the moment. And one of the big problems because. Because everyone has dollar signs in their eyes at the moment. It's like that kind of, you know, it's like that Mickey Mouse cartoon yep. where everyone's got green eyes at the moment. It's, it's greed. All about, it it it's is greed. greed. That's the word. It's greed. Let's say it. There's a lot of greed going around in the heavyweight division because there's a lot of money available. Uh, the middleweights are going over because there's a mon- money. Middleweight, super middleweight, and heavyweight at the moment, there's a lot of money around, mm. I think, because... Mm-hmm. Canelo well, operates middle, super middle, yeah. um, and he, he will go up and down for DAZN and those two divisions. Heavyweight is the big thing at the moment. Um, so what's the latest from, from Shelley Finkel? What's he said that... Is, there a, deal, tell me what's is there a deal on the table? There's a deal on the table, but they're not going to tell us until Tuesday when Deontay Wilder yeah. has a press conference in New York... To announce his next all, fight. To announce his next fight, and all will be revealed. What we do know is this. It'll be on May the 18th. Yeah. It'll be in probably the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn, yeah. or Madison Square Garden. I think it'll be the Barclays Centre, because yeah. that's his home. He loves that, yeah. He loves the place there. You know, they, uh, he's done several fights there. And it'll be Dominic Brazil. And it'll be Dominic Brazil. Right. But will it be on Showtime or will it be on DAZN? In my view, there is not enough time to get the Brazil side of the equation sorted, to get the Al Heyman side of the equation sorted, the relationship that Al Heyman has with Showtime. Hmm. I believe that fight will be on Showtime. So the pressure will be on Deontay. He can't vacate the title just to come over and fight Joshua, although that is a possibility, remember? Hmm. Because Joshua wants the WBC. Mm-hmm. So that's his, that's his carrot, isn't it? Yeah. So... In my educated guess, unless there is huge money, that they're all gone, Deontay, just go. Just go to DAZN. Take your title with you. Mm. Um, if it is $100 million, I think he'll go to DAZN. And I think we'll hear DAZN next week. But I, I think he may well end up fighting Brazil on Showtime. Yeah, I agree with that. And then go, and then go to DAZN yeah, after that. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think on Tuesday we're going to get this fight announcement and everything will be as is. And then all the speculation will start again. And on next week's show, we'll probably be talking about it again. But I agree with you. I think DAZN of deep pockets. They're not daft. In order to grow their subscription base, they're going to need those big names. Now, they've gone big. They've got Canelo. They've got Triple G. So, therefore... If everything goes to plan with their next fights, we're going to get a trilogy and we will get that probably at the back end of this year. They've got Anthony Joshua. They need a dance partner. There's no point in having Anthony Joshua and they can't fight anybody because Tyson Fury's gone to ESPN. We're hearing that Dillian White's gone to ESPN. Who else can they go and get? So get Wilder and that makes contractually it easy to make the fight. I tell you what, given the amount of the deep pockets that DAZN have at the moment, if they can secure Wilder's signature... They really are in the game. I really do think they're in the game. I mean, I had my doubts about how far they can go in this industry and that it is, 
you know, a toe or a foot or maybe up to your knee in the hot water mm. trying this out. Because I think they've only got a three to five year. I think they've got three to five years to do this. They'll have all the heavyweight belts under their, under their umbrella. And that is massive for me yeah. if they get wild. Of course. But I, I, given that Shelley spilt the beans on our show, Shelley Finkel mm-hmm. uh, spilt the beans on his non-negotiations or with the Eddie. difficulty of, with Eddie Hearn. Mm-hmm. Eddie Hearn's come out today. Yeah. Um, given when uh, some of Wilder's team have said, no, no, we're rejecting DAZN's offer, Eddie Hearn's had to put his foot in as well. Of course he has. Put his oar in and said, uh, people are now starting to see the truth about the problems of negotiating with Deontay Wilder. It's not just Eddie. It's not just Shelley. It's egos, TV. Com- We've seen this a million times before in boxing. Yeah. When there's big money at stake, there are bigger negotiations. There are more fractured negotiations. And I just hope, mm-hmm. rather like we felt with, 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 Anton- with Anthony Joshua not facing Dillian White at Wembley on April the 13th, where we'd have all been heading to, yep. probably in the rain, yep. <laughs> judging by the current weather and the wind, <laughs> you know, with the big board swinging above our heads, wondering if we're going to get crushed during the fight. Yep. Remember last time? Absolutely. Um, that, you know, will Dillian regret not taking five million plus upside to fight a guy who, who he, was, he lost to three years ago? Mm-hmm. Will Deontay, if he doesn't go over to DAZN and by some chance loses to Dominic Brazil, mm. regret not going over to DAZN mm. if he stays with, with Showtime? There are huge gambles going on at the moment. People playing yeah. bluff. People playing Jeopardy, people keeping their cards close to their chest. But this, from a fan's point of view, and people oh, listening no to this, it's not fun it's at no all. Fun. And this is why, I mean, it's been it's been. Kind it's of a year. It's a year of Wilder and Joshua now between uh, of her course. And, and, and. But this Finkel. is uh, this week has kind of brought it home a little bit to me because obviously we're, we're at the UFC event today, and the UFC doesn't have this. They don't have these political wrangles. No, no, no. Listen, yeah. they, they don't. Okay, because I'll listen it, to you it, out, and then it, I'll give you my view. Because it because it's one organization they have uh, a matchmaking team and from a from a from a fan's point of view very often we do get the best against the best yeah but we also get fake against the best as well i mean what right did gsp have to come back from the wild from the wilderness he's one of the greatest of all time yeah but he all right i suppose that's like when vitaly klitschko came back as the emeritus champion was away for four years You know, Floyd had knee surgery picks and chooses and, came and comes yeah, back. He's no, a big, true. big name. The WBC do do that, and they've done it with Floyd, and they've done it with, with Vitaly Klitschko yep. and other fighters. But what we don't have in MMA, which we have in boxing, is, like, for example, Ryan Bader is the light heavyweight and heavyweight champion of Bellator at the moment. Champ champ. And a champ champ. Daniel Cormier is the light heavyweight and heavyweight champion of the UFC. They've never fought each other. Mm. And they both fought... And, and Ryan Bader was a former UFC light heavyweight. So, you know... The greatest fight, one of the greatest fights in MMA would be the two organizations coming together, sharing the spoils of Bader, who is at the peak of his powers, against Daniel Cormier, who is going to fight uh, Brock Lesnar, who's twice tested positive for, for steroids, mm. who is a huge star, is a massive pay-per-view star. I love Brock. I mean, the, I, I have taken great pleasure in the three interviews I've done with him. He's, he's amazing. He's an extraordinary human being. But there's... there's and I love the, the Cormier... Lesnar fight, don't get me wrong. I'd rather see Cormier fight John Jones, but you know, we, 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 we have a situation, I agree with you, in the UFC at least they're able to create a giant roster of 500 fighters. Yep. They've got kind of probably 80% of the best fighters in the world in MMA, mm-hmm. and they do try and make the best against the best. And if you. Uh, as quickly it, as, and when they're at their best. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And if you go on win streaks, you get rewarded with title shots. That's what happens, you know? Two, three shots, uh, two, three 
wins against decent opponents, you get boosted up the rankings, and the next thing you do, you're fighting for a title. Whereas but that's not necessarily on a pay-per-view model, though. That is the one thing. Of course, of course, it is mm. absolutely, my but. From from a fan, I'm just talking from a fan's point of view. Obviously, yeah. the business models are very different. But from a fan's point of view, I can understand why fans are with boxing going. Do you know something? I'll watch UFC. Well, what what's I can understand is that, that because they're no, getting no. fed up with the chat. You, no, they no, don't the, want the, the chat. Point, they the want point the fights. You make, the point you make is culturally very interesting, which differentiates the two sports. The the the, the youngsters who are into boxing now are generally most I would say are into MMA as well. I'm talking. Yeah. 15 to 25-year-olds. Yes, generally. absolutely. I'd agree. Older than that, there's a kind of... That, that, I can say snooty-nosed ass. I don't know if it's snooty, but that the old school for boxing are not sure about MMA. And yeah. there's a whole patch of people in the middle, people like you and, you and me and in our age group, where we've grown up with MMA and we've also grown up with boxing as well. And we love both. Fights are fights are fight to us. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we work in the industry. But the cultural differences, the poor old boxing fan for years and years that has put up with it, the, the MMA fan gets on the internet and they moan like hell. And the UFC have been very smart, very Machiavellian in some ways. They at listen. Times. They listen. And that's the key. They're smart. They're marketing smart. They're internet savvy. So that's why you get the best against the best mm. when they're at their best. And that's why it happens. And, we're, and, we're, and we're, we're experiencing this at an event this evening, for example, because it's all about the fan. It's about the fan experience. That's why the, the show is slick, the fights are the way that they are matched. And we're getting an event. People are coming to these events. And that's why it is an extremely fast-growing business. We'll continue a little bit of this conversation later on in the show. Um, we have got uh, much more to cover on Fight Night here at the O2 Arena. Do stick with us. It's uh, Fight Night Live on TalkSport. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis. We're at the O2 Arena tonight because it is UFC London. We're in the media room at this moment in time, so if you hear a bit of commotion, a little bit of things going off in the background, that's because certain fighters are coming in and out after uh, winning or losing fights, giving interviews to uh, certain members of the press. And I think this is a quite a nice junction in the show, actually, to talk about the development of mixed martial arts in, in the UK in general. Mm. I mean, my, my involvement, my love of this sport kind of comes through Michael Bispin, who uh, I've seen quite a bit this week. I know he's over here uh, working for ESPN from the States on their broadcast. But for being a young kid from Blackburn, Bispin being from Clitheroe, just down the road, you hear of this lad that's doing kickboxing, getting involved in what was then deemed as cage fighting and what have you. So you have a little bit of an interest being a fight fan. So you go and watch him and you get involved in, in his story. And then, of course... After Cage Rage and all that type of thing, he goes into tough. He goes into the Ultimate Fighter, ends up winning it, and becomes a UFC fighter. And that's where my personal love comes from, from following Bisping's journey. And then when he's on a card, I'm watching other fighters and starting to learn more about, more about the discipline. I remember at that time, when it did come to the UK, it being very small, very niche, not a lot of people knew about it. You'd say to your friends, oh, I'm going such and such a place, and they go, I've never heard of it. What's that about? Oh, it's a bit of whatever. Now we're in a situation, especially like, for example, this event, selling out in a couple of minutes and not even putting headliners on the, on the top of the bill. It really has, over the last five to ten years, gone crazy. And you've been at the forefront of that, writing a, about it since day dot, Gareth. Yeah, yes. I mean, Michael Bisping was the fulcrum for... Michael Bisping, Dan Hardy, really, it was those two guys back in the 2006, 2007. They were the only thing we had to hang on to, in mm. a way. There were people from Darren Till's gym, you know, like Sir Paul Kelly and Terry Atom and these yes. guys that came through. But um, Michael Bisping and Dan Hardy were the poster boys of UFC. It was almost like, I know we're after the watershed now, so I can say it was almost like having dirty movies under your bed yeah. and your mum finding them yeah, yeah, yeah. when people watch it. It was almost like that way yeah, back then. And because, and, and as you say, um, you know, 
it was a strange bedfellow, but the, the Telegraph and the UFC, you know, that's that was the platform I was using to do pieces on Michael Bisping, you know, about his days as Clitheroe's best ever disc jockey, while you were Blackburn's best ever that's disc right, jockey. Um, I don't know who was better actually, but Me. but no, but but, but <laughs> there were stories DJ like Mikey he'd that. be DJ, and he'd get up <laughs> in a fight with a bunch of guys in a car park afterwards. Yeah, All these stories from yeah. way back when, and um, what was different then was that. The UFC, they'd already had 2002, the brawl in the hall, UFC 38, yeah. the Albert Hall. Yeah. Um, Lorenzo Fatita and Dana White, had dipped their, or the Fatita, brother, Fatita brothers who owned the UFC, Zufa, yeah. and Dana White, had, tip, had dipped their toes in the water in 2002. The Royal Albert Hall, it only seats 5,000, 5,500, but I think with that, with that, that's boxing, actually. With MMA, it's less, because mm-hmm. the, the octagon takes up so much space in the center circle. They had dipped their toes in the water, had noticed that there was definitely a market here. This is a fight culture. Dana White, being from, from Ireland, knew that. And from 2007, 2011, there were regularly three events a year in, in this country. Yeah. They went to Newcastle, Birmingham, London, and they went round and round. And they brought big names. They brought Chuck Liddell. They brought Keith Jardine. They brought Randy Couture. They brought um, um, Rampage Jackson. They yeah. were everyone. They brought everyone. BJ Penn, Joe Daddy Stevenson. They brought cards that were pay-per-view events in America, basically, the, the main cards. And I think what happened was more and more and more, the UFC grew and grew and grew. It resonated with the British public. It resonated with the Irish public. Dan Hardy got a title shot against George St. Pierre, one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Michael Bisping was still churning away, getting very close to a title. He was title. the Neely man, wasn't he? He was the Neely man for three or four fights. Chael Sonnen, Anderson Silva. No, not Anderson Silva. Chael Sonnen. Uh, Dan Henderson. Dan Hen- that's right. Dan Henderson, UFC 100. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All these. So we, 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 the UFC here was the Neely man all the time. Yes. But then Conor McGregor came along, didn't he? And that changed it all. Um, and it made it really big. Oh, there's no question. Connor's that crossed trans- into the mainstream. Oh, he's made it, That's four years yeah, ago. Yeah, he's made it massive. Okay. But I think what the UFC realized, or what they did had to do because of the way their business model is predicated, is whenever a British fighter made a name for themselves... Mm-hmm. I mean, Joanne Calderwood's just come out here to speak to the media. Yep. I mean, she, she was kind of a female star of the British scene. Yes. But where does she? She's based in Las Vegas. Yeah. She's gone to Canada to TriStar. She's trained over there because realizing that you cannot get what mm. she needs over here. And the biggest stars over here had their biggest fights over there. I know we came back and we had Michael Bisping against Henderson here. Mm-hmm. And we had it. I think the event started at 11 o'clock at night over here in Manchester. That's right. He fought at four in the morning. Michael Bisping came to this very venue and fought Anderson Silva. It was almost like a... Um, it was like a reward for Bisping. Mm. Um, I remember d- I, I was working for BT Sports at the time. So it, it's got roots here now. I mean, I was the only guy from the national media covering it in the beginning. I'm not trying to boast, but I just was. No, like, that's why I brought like it I up. That's why I brought it up, because of how much but this developed. Even, even within 12 months. There's eight banks of media roads yes, in here this tonight. is my point. Uh, you know. Even if we just go back 12 months. Yeah. So when we were here, obviously, last year, there wasn't a Brit headline in the card, if you remember mm. last year. There was a lot of Brits on the card, but there wasn't a Brit headline in the card. And... You could get in here, no problem whatsoever. We had, uh, we were right at the front there. We had a big table, and 
the, no, baby, we choose to sit at the back. Well, there was nobody yeah. here, is basically. <laughs> now you walked in, there was a queue for yeah, media. Yeah. The world's media is here. There's guys from America and all sorts of stuff coming here because maybe now we do have that new superstar in Darren Till that is transcending, that is capturing the imagination. I know he's just had a world title fight that didn't necessarily go to plan, but there's something there with him, isn't there? And therefore, there's just a good, especially with this card, with the amount of Brits that are on the card, there just seems to be a feeling that we're in a really good place right yeah, now. Yeah, timing is everything in sport. You know, Muhammad Ali was the right man at the right time, in the right era, with the right skills and the right mindset. Conor McGregor was the same. Yeah. You know, had they come along, Ben Askren, who's come over from Bellator and won championship, what is he, 19 fights undefeated? He's got good wins over people like Andre Koreshkov. Well, he beat Roddy, Robbie Lawler a couple of weeks ago, he? beat he? Robbie Well, d- did he? Yes, d- he yeah, did debate, on paper, but debate, it's yeah. debatable. <laughs> but, but, you know, he, he's saying, I don't believe it. I've been doing the same thing for 10 years, and now I'm popular. No, it's the right person at the right place in the right time. The people decide when you become a star. People want, the public wants Darren to be a star. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's a fascinating time for, for the sport the UFC changed hands two and a half years ago. It was sold for four and a half billion US dollars. Double what it was worth in my view. Yeah. I mean, but they did a great job selling it. And now William Morris Endeavour, IMG, WME, have got the job of making probably three, four hundred million a year for their mortgage, if you like. Yes. And that's the way I see it. But it's so how, what how they do, need is stars. Exactly that. And how does that then help other franchises? I know the UFC aren't here to help other franchises. They're here to sort their own business model out. But from a fan's point of view, we like mixed martial arts. We want to see more mixed martial arts. So we come to an event like this, which we're treated to. Darren Till, top of the bill against George Masvidal. We've got some fantastic fighters on there. It, we have a great night. We see some wonderful fights. The thirst is there then. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, when's the next one? When's the next one? Is it Cage Warriors? Is it a Bellator event? Is it a, you know, a, there was a Polaris event in here, which is a grappling tournament. Last night. Yeah. Last night, yeah, yeah. You know, the, and it was yeah. packed out, mate. Yeah. So people are thirsty for it now. Yeah. So therefore, the other franchises, the likes of Bellator, have a real opportunity to come on man let's get involved in the UK well I think they are and I think they have and as you know I mean I'm working on Channel 5 on their local shows here um, as part of the or as an analyst if you like you know as I did with the UFC years ago and I think what's good this is the good thing about it you can't we wouldn't have a we wouldn't have a a Coke so competitive if there wasn't a Pepsi you wouldn't have a Muhammad Ali so famous if there hadn't been a Joe Frazier Mm -hmm. and I do think the UFC has been the market leader for so long. Look, they've done so many brilliant things. They, they campaigned very strongly um, for rules, for professionalization, for drugs in <laughs> yeah, the sport. Yeah. They've done so many good things. Yep. And now, they're, they're going to be gaps in the market. Their big push at the moment outside Europe is to compete with one championship in Asia. Because yes. that's probably the biggest market going forward. Yes, I agree. It's enormous. Mm-hmm. And one championship, I've got events in Shanghai, Beijing... Um, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, um, um, Bangkok. They're also spending uh, money on signing fighters that exactly. are maybe a bit disgruntled with the UFC. Exactly. And the UFC has, is building a UFC performance center four times the size of the one they've got in Las Vegas in Shanghai yeah. at the moment, mm-hmm. which is clearly a scouting recruiting station to find the biggest stars in China. I remember when Bob Arum, by the way, the boxing, the venerable boxing promoter, signed um, Zhu Ming. Yes. Zhu Ming, yeah. After the London Games, I think it was. Why? Because they only need to do some little programming on him. That, and it was getting 40 million people watching a time mm-hmm. in China. And that is a slice, a tiny little slither of that population watching. It's a huge market. What Bellator have done 
I think, cleverly in the last two or three years is sign up disgruntled UFC fighters and get the right deals in the UK. No one's managed to get MMA on Sky Sports before. No. They've managed to get 20 events live from America this year on Sky Sports. But that's the thing, just on that, from America. From America. They've got to do live, it here. Live, yes. Not in the early hours of the morning. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. Well, Ireland was live on Sky the other day. And exactly. it outperformed exactly. the, um, the, the UFC event in That's Prague. what I mean. So if and we can do this... things uh, for the sport. If we could do these at timed events for GMT... That's when that's when it grows. Yeah, but there are not channel, the there's, but there, there's there's six events this year. We've had one already. We had Newcastle a few weeks ago. Bellator Newcastle yeah. that was live on Channel Five. It did good numbers, um, and they've got five more this year. Um, they're looking to do twelve next year. It all helps the growth of the industry here, in my view. Yeah, yeah. Because what you Sky want Sports is the big one. You mentioned it a moment ago. That's the big one because you've got Sky Sports news, rolling news constantly. Exactly. So you can get the stars on, like a Michael Venom page can rock up there, and, and it can the be Sky a part Sports of it. website as well. Absolutely, those things are massive for daytime programming to be showing this mixed martial arts guy, this mixed martial arts guy, this mixed martial arts guy. Breaking right. news. Exactly. You know, and yeah. then all of a sudden, oh, he's fighting at the weekend. Go on then, I'll yeah. give this a chance. Whilst yeah. I'm waiting for match of the day, yeah. let's say, yeah. I'll watch it. And that's how we grow the sport. But yeah, it's got to be. But remember boxing for years. We have watched. I did last night. You did last night. I, w- I set my alarm for about 3 a.m. Mm. this morning to watch Katie Taylor yes. live. And Kevin, um, Tevin Farmer yeah. against uh, John, John O'Carroll, O'Carroll which yeah. was a brilliant little scrap. Yeah. Um, but but I, I think we're accustomed to doing it, so I don't think there's any problem with Bellator events being shown in the middle of the night on Sky Sports. What I think is significant is... If hardcore fans will get up for that. I'm talking yeah, about growing yeah. it. Yeah, I'm no, talking about the football, it, we, the football yeah, fan yeah, yeah, needs yeah, yeah, it at, yeah, yeah, at yeah, a I convenient agree. time. I, I agree, and, and that's where the I think you'll find, going forward, I think Bellator's desire is to simulcast some of those UK events on Sky as well yeah. that, are, that are local. Because you will pick up the crowd after watching the f- soccer match that night. Of, or of you course. will Football you, in this country, mate. Sorry, you football. spend far too much time in America. <laughs> I know, far too much time playing rugby. In the soccer match. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I think we're in a really good place at this moment in time. I know that we're, we've been speaking a lot over the last couple of weeks about uh, boxing and where that's at and whether that is maybe going over to America now where we've had a real good boom here in the UK. Um, but I think British mixed martial arts are in a really good position. Cage Warriors, UFC, Bellator, these franchises, yeah. I think, are really going to pick up some big fan, big fan bases over the next year yeah. if they get it right with the TV deals. Absolutely. But what the UFC did very powerfully, and, you know, I mean, you know, this, this, ne- this is looked at kind of on government levels as well, is they bought Pride that was very big in about 2006. Mm. Yeah, Pride was... The organization where all these old school fighters, these huge names, Rampage Jackson, Mirko Krokop, um, you know, Vandalay Silva, Shogun Hua, the Nagara brothers, um, these massive names from the sport fought in major events in Japan. And once Pride came to America, they, they bought it out. They bought Strike Force out. The Scott Coker, who's the yeah. head of, uh, of Bellator, um, yeah. you know, his uh, company was bought out. But I think we are going to get proper rivals going forward. It's all good news for fans yep. and the fighters. No, absolutely. Um, it's a really good weekend, actually, this weekend for fight sports. Obviously, we're at the O2 Arena for USC London. There's a, there's a small case of a welterweight clash going on in the early hours of the morning in the States. It's an absolute monster fight. We'll talk about Garcia Spence very shortly. You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sports. You're listening to Fight Night Live on Talk Sport from the O2 Arena. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davis alongside us. Yes, we're speaking about mixed martial arts. 
um, quite extensively this evening, but it'd be foolish of us to do a show tonight and not talk about Errol Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia. This is happening in the early hours of the morning. Just to give you a little bit of a background on this, this is obviously for the welterweight crown, the IBF welterweight crown, which Errol Spence is the champion of. He took that off uh, Kel Brook, a lot of people will remember, at Bramall uh, a couple of years ago. He's not really been that active since, if, if we're really, really honest, but tonight he's up against it, against a real challenger, a, a multi-weight world champion, a man that has won world titles at four different weight categories, the Mexican Mikey Garcia is up against him, attempting to become a, a champion in the fifth weight category. He's jumped two weights uh, for tonight. Now, there's, there's plenty of fights down the years that this might be compared to. Uh, Duran and Barkley is, uh, is one that I would maybe uh, throw in there and a couple of others as well. Um, first of all, are you, are you excited that this fight was made compared to maybe Garcia fighting Lomachenko or maybe... Spence fighting what were you a class as a natural welterweight maybe like a Crawford or a, or a Porter when you, when, you, when you heard that it was announced what was your initial thoughts I was really excited because um, I'm a huge fan of Mikey Garcia I've, I've sat with Mikey a couple of inches away like you and I now and in Las Vegas when he made his comeback after he'd had a um, uh, a contractual dispute mm. with didn't fight um, for a couple of years with Bob Arum actually, mm. and he'd been away. Yeah, he'd been away um, for well, the well, the best part of two years, mm. um, and he came back against Dehan's Latikanin um, and uh, put him away and brilliantly. Starched him. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> he, po- he absolutely banjoed him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Starched him. He banjoed him. Um, in fact, that was on the um, Carl Frampton Leo Santa Cruz card from memory. I think. Mm. Um, now. Mikey is someone I really love and respect in the sport. His family story is extraordinary. It's great, isn't it? It's amazing. The Garcias are a dynasty in boxing. Um, and also, they're, they're those people that have walked across the border, picking fruit, mm-hmm. working in the fields. They're, he's a beautiful man, Mikey Garcia. And, and I've said it on the show before, he's got a neck and head like a bull. Yeah. And that's what has enabled him to climb those weight divisions, Adam. Because his tensile strength is extraordinary. Yes, I was very excited when it was announced because Errol Spence is 24 fights undefeated and Mikey is 39 fights undefeated. Yeah. Mikey with 30 KOs and Errol with, I can't remember how many KOs he's got in those victories, but it's an extraordinary record, 21 out of 24. Mm-hmm. So we are looking at 70 fights undefeated. Yeah, it's the best of the best. It, it is the best against the best. It's a massive ask for Mikey Garcia. We know what we've heard about Errol Spence um, in terms of how he's fared against inspiring against Floyd Mayweather. As a southpaw, giving Floyd Mayweather problems, he's a much bigger man than Mikey Garcia. So what we need tonight, and yes, I'm very excited about this. I will not be sleeping tonight. I'll be watching this live from Dallas. Um, we need the best performance of Mikey Garcia's life, frankly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I completely agree with that. Um, for me, a lot of rhetoric this week has all been about the size, right? Everybody's talking about size and power, size and power. Errol Spence is much more than just size and power to be, to, for this fight. The guy is, for me, one of the best body uh, snatchers, if you want to call him one of them, in the world. And if you're a man that is putting on unnatural weight to go into a fight... Now, for me, Mikey Garcia isn't. 
a welterweight. He's a man that is maybe a natural 135. He's done extremely well to go up to 140 and win a world title. I don't think he's a 147-pound fighter. However, his ring IQ is outstanding. He's incredibly clever. I think that he will, for large parts of this fight tonight, take the size and power out of the equation because I just think he knows how to ride shots and get out of the way of certain things and make... Maybe Errol Spence do things that he doesn't necessarily want to do. Errol Spence is traditionally a slow starter in fights. And I think Mikey Garcia, by the halfway point, will be ahead. I think we'll look at it and go, he's outboxing him. He's absolutely peppering him and getting him out of the way. I don't think he'll hurt him, but he'll be out of the way. And because he hasn't hurt him, that's when I think Errol Spence will just go, sack this, I'm just going to walk through it. And he'll walk through it, and I think he'll catch him down the stretch. And I think that is when size, power, and accuracy will come into play. And with that extra weight, we know what it's like. We've seen it many, many times. Guys put this extra weight on, you whack them to the body, it slows them down, and that's where it, I think this fight will be won at the end of the day for Errol Spence. Yeah, there's weight divisions for a reason in fight sports. and, and, and it's, you've, it's, got to admire it's, him. you've got to admire him for stepping up and having a go, but uh, you are right in what you're about to oh, say. He's taken the biggest challenge. I mean, even, you know, as we're, you know, we're going to see um, Amir Khan against Terence Crawford, who's probably the probably I would say on a par with Errol Spence as the other best welterweight in the world. Well, he's the man for me. Crawford's the man for me in this division. (laughs) Well, I don't disagree with that. (laughs) Um, You know, um, but listen, I've been to see Amir, as you know, recently, and I just hope Amir produces the performance of his life and we're looking at Amir. Oh, that's the narrative we all want, of course. Yeah, Yeah, but we know he's up against it. Because we know Terence can come back. Look, you mentioned a a number, a, a multitude of valid points there about the fight itself. But when I look at Spencer's records, right? Yeah. Um, and this is going to be a good point. I know right, it is because right, I know exactly what you're right. going to do. Go on. Chris Algieri is a bull in the ring. What did he do? He TKO'd him. Yep. Leonard Bundu, uh, he KO'd him. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal Brook broke his eye socket yep. and stopped him. Lamont Peterson retired him. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos Acampo, KO. Mm-hmm. Mikey Garcia's up next. It's the, uh, it's the accuracy... And um, perspicacity of the way that he picks people apart in fights that we'll see in this contest. I don't disagree with you that it could be very even to the middle rounds. Yeah. But I think from then on, the weight and the power and the size of Spence will take over. And I think he'll win by a wide points decision by, by, by four rounds or even by a late stoppage. Yeah. Now, M- Mikey Garcia is a very proud Mexican fighter. Of course, yeah. Um, he's not a man... We've seen unduly hurt um, in fights before. But I think Spence is slightly irritated by the fact that they have been... Or Robert Garcia has been doing a lot of talking, yeah, his brother. Um, And I I have... As I look at both men, by the way, this week... yeah. If I was just judging it... Does Spence not grow in size when you see him next to him? Well, if I'm just going off the way they're talking this week, I'd have to pick Mikey Garcia. He looks more relaxed. He's the guy that has called this fight... Spence looks like, like you've just said there, with, with, with Robert Garcia giving him a little bit of verbals, he looks like he's, it's under his skin a bit and he wants to prove a point maybe oh, this I weekend. Does. I, I wouldn't do that with, with, Garcia, with Spence, you see. I, I, look, I've just pulled up a picture while we, we were here chatting. Mm-hmm. That there, there is a big size difference. Yeah, of course there is, yes. There's, There's no question about that. four inches in height. Yeah. Errol Spence Jr. could be a middleweight. Yeah, and we're talking about. I agree with that. He's talking about. We're talking about a guy that's last fight was a lightweight, so he's a middleweight against maybe a, a junior lightweight, in my opinion tonight. That's where we're at. Yeah, I mean, th- what annoys me about the then this happens. But a the lot- junior lightweight is outstandingly good. He's very, very good. Mm. On, on on box rec, Errol Spence says he's something like five foot nine and a half. You know, I've stood next to him. 
he's close to six foot. Mm. He, you know, you, you look at him there. I mean, Mikey Garcia is five six. I think he's five seven. Um, I'm looking at this picture with Lennox, who's huge man, of course, standing between them. I, I just, oh, I don't know. I just think Spence. Which way are you siding? Who are you going with? Oh, I'm going with Spence definitely. Spence walks away with it after the middle rounds. In fact, it could be a horrible. It could be a horrible beatdown. I, I hope it's not. Juan Manuel Marquez is one of my favourite fighters. Mm-hmm. His English is terrible. I always had the advantage, as you know, que hablo español. <laughs> Entonces estaba hablando en español con, con él en todas las peleas, ¿no? Sounds like so I'm, I, was I just walked to into an episode of I, Narcos. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was always chatting to him, as I was saying, in Spanish at all, at all his fights. But when he came up against Floyd Mayweather... Mayweather was at least 16 pounds heavier than him, mm. yeah? Mm. And I fear in this fight, mm-hmm. there could well be a big differential when they actually step into the ring. Oh, no question. And we, and we could see a very dominant victory for Errol Spence. But I really want it to deliver, and I just hope it goes the wire. But I'm picking Spence by a country mile. Should be a cracker. That's happening in the early hours of the morning. Make sure you tune on into that. We'll keep you across it, obviously, on TalkSport tomorrow, and we'll be talking about it, no question, uh, on Fight Night next week. Uh, we're at UFC London. We are going to obviously wrap everything up in the next half an hour for you. We'll give you uh, a few of our highlights from the event, talking about who's won, who's lost, where did they go from here in the last section of the show. So do make sure you stick with us. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. We're at the O2 Arena. Uh, Myself, Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis alongside me. Don't forget that we are putting on uh, the legend John Motson stage show. That's right. He's going to theatres on Monday the 15th of April in London's Greenwood Theatre. Uh, in this exclusive one-off show hosted by Paul Hawksby, Motti talks about the brilliant highs and some of the devastating lows from his 50 years in football and broadcasting. It's a funny, poignant and highly entertaining show uh, with unearthed stories about everyone from Clough to Fergie and not to mention Jack Nicholson as well. Uh, to get show details and buy tickets, go to talksport.com forward slash live show. The VIP tickets are now all sold out, uh, but you can still buy standard tickets priced at just £20 uh, plus the booking fee. It should be an unmissable uh, evening. So head to talksport.com forward slash live show now to secure your tickets. I feel, Adam, that I ought to break into a Motti uh, <laughs> uh, impersonation here, but I'm not very good at it. But he is a legend, that guy. Brilliant. Have you got a sheepskin coat or not? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Are you going to Liverpool to the show? I might have a little bit of a nausea. I, I wouldn't mind going. We'll have a little bit of a go, mate. Yeah, nice. Um, well, next week, there's a show at the Copper Box, uh, which involves Charlie Edwards, a man that uh, we've... I think every fight fan's fallen in love with Charlie Edwards and the, and the narrative of... Uh, everything that's going on in his life and in, in obviously at the back end of the year him becoming uh, world champion at flyweight and I think it's only fair that we maybe we throw a little bit of light on the flyweight divisions we're always talking heavyweights aren't we and the bigger boys the guys that are delivering knockouts week after week uh, but there is uh, some entertaining boys at the other end I mean some of the most entertaining fights of recent years have actually been in that flyweight division and now we've got a kid from our own shores that could be getting in the mix as a world champion with some of the very best in the world yeah it's, it's so true I mean we, we, we tend to focus and we have a lot obviously recently on the heavyweight division but the little men you know um, Charlie Edwards 112 pounds ringing wet as he is 5 foot 5 looks like a choir boy but very spiteful hands fitness of a whippet um was brilliant against Christopher Rosales back on December the 22nd when we were doing the broadcast for TalkSport. A brilliant performance that night. Mm. Spiteful some rounds, boxing really well others. It was, 
It was beautiful as it unfolded in front of us. It was Against, a real thing of, of, of listen, pleasure he was and beauty. Up, he's a, he was a proper puncher. I mean, he's a guy that beat Paddy Barnes in yes. in good time earlier on that year. And we we said on that broadcast, didn't we? we said, listen, he's up against it tonight. He's going to have to be razor sharp. And he put in a wonderful, wonderful performance. Just give the people listening to the show just a little bit of a background on Charlie and everything that's going on with his mum as well. Because that, that narrative, yeah. with us knowing it about it, it kind of obviously added. And I'd, I'd like people listening who don't know anything about him to know a little bit more about that particular story. Well, when he won the World Boxing Council title that night, ringside in a wheelchair was his mother, Terry. Um, his, his dad, Lawrence, who got him started at bo- in boxing when he was 11, 12, um, it was a hot rod champion, by the way. Yeah. Um, his, his dad, Lawrence, they're divorced, but his mum in the last four years has had both cancer and, and brain diseases. Mm. And she's very disabled um, and very affected by these diseases. And he's very, very close to his mother, Charlie. So she was in there in a wheelchair on the night, and there were very emotional scenes You've only ever afterwards. been to two fights, haven't you? He's exactly. De- his debut in that night. Yeah, and, and very emotional scenes afterwards at the news conference in the bowels of the O2 Arena. And um, obviously he headlines at the Copper Box next, next Saturday night. Um, and it's... Um, against the, the Spaniard, Angel uh, Moreno. Um, and I spoke to him this week, and his mother has been up in... Charlie's rented a house up in Sheffield for his training camp. Mm. Obviously, he was part of the GB podium squad and, and, and part of the... Well, he the joined elite. Team the GB elite. at the same time of Anthony Joshua, didn't he? Exactly. There was that, big, was spread. That, yeah, there was yeah. that big spread where he had the little guy and the big boy. Yeah, exactly. And he really is. I mean, he's got that, he really has got the face of a choir boy. And he's got this... Um, his sponsors have given him a, a really big Range Rover at the moment. It's got WBC, though, the plates. Fantastic. And I said to him when I was speaking to him, you've been pulled over by the cops thinking you're some boy racer up in Sheffield who's, who's nicked someone's posh uh, Range Rover. He said, it hasn't happened yet. But the joke about Charlie is, even though he's 24, he gets asked for his ID when he goes in to buy a scratch card or a lottery card. Yeah, yeah. Because he really does look about 15. Mm. He's got a great physique on him, though. Um, and so he's had his mother up in the Sheffield house with him mm. three days a week during training camp. And, and I, I love these kind of things because um, he's so motivated by his, his mother and the pleasure it gives to her. She's very ill. She's been really, really ill. And it was a pleasure to meet her on December the 22nd. And, and I think these are the kind of stories. These are the... He's been driving himself at the age of 13... He was getting bullied a little bit at school, and I've got an interview with him in the Sunday Telegraph tomorrow, and he was saying, I was small, fat, I had man boobs. He said, I wouldn't even take my shirt off. And he said, I was getting bullied a little bit. So I went down the gym, and his brother, he's got a younger brother Sonny, as well. Yeah. They're both he's, he's very good. They're both very talented. Lawrence took him down the gym, the dad, and he loved it from day one. And he said, when, from the age of 13 onwards, I, I was like a pro. Mm. Uh, I, I treated it like a career. I'd get up at 6 a.m., dad would cycle, I'd do me run with my brother. I'd go to school. I'd kind of snooze my way through school. And then I'd go straight back to the gym after school. And I did that from the age of 13 onwards. All I was preparing for. And he said, on December the 22nd, when I won the world title, it really paid off. He's so quickly back into the next fight. Mm. He had a little bit of turkey at Christmas. Mm. Probably a little turkey. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine the guy putting on weight, to be honest. No spuds. He said, I was straight back into camp. No, no spuds. <laughs> straight back into camp. So he said, the momentum has been there. He said, I've savoured... The, the title, I sit with my mum a couple of days a week in the room, I've got all the pictures from winning it and the belts in there and then I'm back into the momentum of I want to be a British legend yes. and, and as I was telling you and as you know, well know, because like me you're a lover of this sport 
the flyweight title has been held globally by some major stars from British boxing. Yeah. You know? Well, well a lot of people say our greatest ever boxer held the flyweight uh, crown. Uh, the mighty atom back in the day. Yes, I mean, in, the, in, the 19, in 1915, um, from in the Ronda Valley. That's right. Um, the mighty atom, or the, or, or the ghost with a hammer in his hand, who's called Jimmy Wilde, um, who a lot of people say is probably the greatest pound-for-pound pound boxer of all time. From here? From, from the UK, yeah. 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 Um, he, he, he beat the American... He was the first flyweight champion of the world. He beat the American uh, kid Zulu, young kid Zulu, and won 132 of 141 bouts. Imagine this back in the day with 99 knockouts. Yeah. I mean... As a flyweight. As, as a flyweight. He knocked kids out, yeah. And, and that's what I was talking to Charlie about, that in this day and age, these guys at elite level, at global level, at world level, they're so fit, you've got to prepare for a 12-round fight most of the time. Yeah, 100%. When he fights Khalid Yafai, which he will, I hope, who's another British guy who's a champion, um, also under Eddie Hearn, that's a mega fight for me. And it's got to be the co-main event, probably when Joshua faces Wilder mm. or when Tyson Fury faces Joshua. That is worthy of the co-main event, yeah. in my view. In front of 100,000 people at a Wembley Stadium. Um, but there's another guy from the Gorbals, from the Gorbals in Scotland, Benny Lynch, yeah? Again, another major star at flyweight. So we have a history of some of the greatest boxers of all time coming from Britain and being flyweights. Mm. And at this moment in time, some of the best boxers on the planet are actually in that flyweight division. If you talk about pound for pound list, I think a lot of people once upon a time would have had Chocolatito in there. He got strung out by Rung Visay, who is absolutely... The Thai guy who is brilliant. He's outrageously good. Yeah. He's got a rematch coming up with Estrada, obviously in the flyweight division. There's another absolute barnstormer of a fight. There's no reason, like you've just said, I mean, you've kind of set it up quite nicely, actually, with Cal uh, Yafai, the WBA champion, and, and uh, Charlie being the WBC champion let's have a unification and the best man goes on to fight someone like a rung side that would be absolutely outstanding well what i liked particularly about charlie sitting down and interviewing him and he's got these beautiful tattoos all over him you know he's got um achilles and zeus and the lion and the they're all, he, he's had a tattoo at significant points in his career i mm. won't spoil the interview that but he's had a tattoo at significant times in his life he believes in transcendentalism he believes in meditation no seriously i was chatting to him i thought i'd taken a pill i'm not joking <laughs> it was like i was taking a transcendental pill when i was chatting to him because it was like we were suddenly on a higher plane with a higher force looking after us during the interview i, I didn't even couldn't even remember writing the piece adam afterwards it was a bit like that no but he is a special character i love his spirituality i mean you know what i'm like i love a backstory me you know i'm boringly loving a backstory but i think you know when you look at the world boxing rankings as you say it's one of the great divisions and if charlie what what i liked about what charlie said most of all was um i've sat back i've savored the title i want greatness now yeah i want greatness and i want to be a champion for a while and that he's got a lot to live up to with the likes of lynch and wilde and it all gets back on the way for him anyway next week at the, uh, at the Copper Box. We'll keep you across uh, that throughout the whole course of the week. Do stick with us um, because coming up, we are going to give you a little bit of a roundup of everything that happened at UFC London tonight, seeing as that we're coming here live from the O2 Arena. You're listening to Fight Night Live at the O2 in London. We're at UFC London, which is just... Uh, finished, so I think it's only fair that if you haven't been watching it, you've been listening to us all night, which is a good choice. Uh, we give you a little bit of a roundup of uh, all the things that happen. We're going to have to we're going to have to go to 
without any shadow of a doubt, the moment of the night, which is the main event. It was Darren Till's night. He came out to rapturous applause. The uh, Sweet Caroline tune was uh, ringing around everybody's ears. And within eight minutes, he was flat on his back with a phenomenal knockout shot from Jorge Masvidal. Well, Masvidal tonight did what he is the very best at, how dangerous he is in finishing a man. He learnt it in the streets of Miami, and he's brought it into mixed martial arts. But the funny thing is tonight, you know, having covered so many Bisping nights here, when Michael Bisping tonight was invested into the Hall of Fame, beautiful moment, it reminded me when Darren Till came out, Adam, of those many nights with Mike Bisping, the adulation, the adoration, and... The train was derailed by Masvidal in mm. that moment. The, the, the actual knockout reminded me very, very much of that Henderson moment. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He absolutely chinned And the follow-up. And he gave him a little <laughs> bit of extras as well. You know, it was very, very rep- uh, representative of, of that from UFC 100. Darren had a really good first round. He won the first round. Masvidal was under pressure oh, early well, on. He had, he had him down with his first shot, didn't he? Yeah, he had him down with the first shot. Well, in fact, he had Darren down with the first shot because it was straight to the gonads, if you remember. So, a little teep um, kick. A little teep kick to the straight to the golden balls. You know? <laughs> but, but, the, but the thing is, Darren came back and won the round and he looked very composed. But I don't think he applied enough pressure and enough variety and improvisation on Masvidal. And do, Masvidal do, you think got, he, do you think he let him get into the fight when he, yes. he had him hurt didn't he and he, he, he took his foot off he, he was a bit shot shy do you not think yeah yeah I agree and, 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 and I think what Masvidal did what you can't do with Masvidal is let him get comfortable in a fight mm. um, Darren had him down I wonder if he was going to submit him early on I wonder if he'd take his back but Masvidal slowly grew in confidence in that first round found his feet and in the second round he was he was the more creative fighter yeah. and Darren was popping out one twos um, Masvidal was even playing possum on the octagon wall. Caught him a couple of times before he actually chinned him. He did, but what he did so brilliantly, he drew and drew Darren in. He, he, he changed levels a lot. Press conference is about to start in here. But they, they changed levels a lot. He changed levels a lot, and he just faded his right hand in front of yes. Darren's eyes. Just And masked that left hand, and he crashed the left hand. As he was falling and knocked out, he hit him again. Mm. And as you say, when he hit the ground horribly... He, his head bounced and he hit him again. Mark Goddard, by the way, the referee, was in a position to, to cradle um, Darren's neck almost with immediate effect. Brilliant refereeing there because he had to have air oxygen yeah, in there. Fantastic from Mark. Listen, let's not beat him up too much. He's 24. You know, there's a long career ahead. Is, it tw- is he only 24? That's a long career ahead. Isn't long it? career ahead for, for Darren. So listen, we've, been, we've as you mentioned before, Bisping was in, inducted into the Hall of Fame tonight, the yeah. pioneer of uh, yeah. UK mixed martial arts. If anybody knows about a roller coaster, it's him. He was the Neely man for such a long, long period of time. Many failed attempts in those final eliminators before he got his shot at Luke Rockhold at two weeks' notice and became champ. So there's, there's plenty more in the tank. Let's not throw him under the bus because he's on no, a, no, two, a no. two fight slide. Th- there's no need. This is MMA. Look, you can lose in a single punch. These guys, when they go, Going to the octagon at this weight and above are almost 200 pound fighters. They, they are literally in boxing equivalent. Their cruiserweights hitting each other. If a cruiserweight hits a guy clean on the, on the chin with four ounce gloves, they're going to go to sleep. Mm. And so there's always risks. It's like almost like bare knuckle boxing. Mm. Uh, I've got so much adrenaline, I almost swore then. But, <laughs> no, but, uh, but l- listen, Darren Till will come back. He bounced back brilliantly from losing to Tyron Woodley for the title, Adam. And he'll bounce back from this. There's no doubt about it. Um, regarding the rest of the night, because yes, all right, Dana was the main event, but there was a lot of uh, British fighters that were involved, and we've been going crazy about UK uh, MMA on the show tonight. I'm going to go right at right at the start because Mike Grundy was making his uh, his debut. 
I actually thought he kicked us off really nice. You know, yeah, it was a good performance. Considered by Mike. performance and got the job done. And he's a guy that's really respected in the industry, and yeah. people are very happy for him to have success. Absolutely. He was hurt early on, but he came back and he finished beautifully against uh, Nad- Nadimani. Would you? Um, I mean, as we're dishing out bonuses, right? So you think Jorge Masvidal's going to get one with that mm-hmm. knockout. It's absolutely sensational. A couple of performances that stood out for me. I thought Molly McCann's performance stood out. I thought oh, the, she's incredible. I thought the fight was great. Obviously, One-eyed she, Molly McCann. Well, she ended up going to hospital. People will probably have seen it on the social media that she's gone out there to get uh, some blood drained off her eye because she had a hell of a mouse on there. She couldn't, the fight was actually paused in that final round, wasn't it? Because she yeah. couldn't see out of her left eye, but she got the job done. Uh, fantastic. The first English uh, female to win in the UFC. Wow, that's incredible, there isn't it? There you go, stats. All those Rosie Sexton and all those goals. She's the first, first. Wow. So, uh, historical night for her, sensational stuff. I thought, I mean, Mark Giacchese was very, very emotional after his win because he's, he's been on, what, a three, four, five uh, fight slide. He needed a win tonight because he was in danger of getting cut and losing his gig. Well, there was a time if you lost three in a row, you weren't in the UFC anymore. It's not quite like that anymore. Dan Hardy lost four in a row, didn't yeah, he? And he yeah. carried on. Um, uh, it was a brilliant performance um, against Joe Duffy. He was, a, he was a dangerous competitor, but he, he matched Duffy in every department and he outstruck him and he outwrestled him. He yeah. did, it was mainly on the feet, wasn't it? But he did a brilliant job mm. for clear 30-27 for me. Arnold Allen uh, um, got a decision uh, victory. Not the greatest of fights, was it, really? Do you know what annoyed me about that fight? It was the last... Oh, it annoyed me. This is the wrong word. It was the last fight for the main... Frustrated. Yeah, frustrated me. Exactly. Um, adrenaline's running high right now. Um... <laughs> That, that he could have gone for broke in that fight and, and stopped Jordan. And, yes. and, and that's what I was disappointed with, really, because mm. he's a very skilled fighter. Yeah. Now, we have a difference of opinion of who <laughs> should have got the decision in the All-Wales clash. Listen, Wales won twice today. That's all I know. They all won right. in the Six Nations and they won here tonight. But I expected <laughs> more fireworks from yeah. Marshman and Phillips. Maybe mm. early doors, because they did hurt each other early in the yeah. fight. Maybe they just gained each other's respect, which then made them a little bit shot shy yeah. Yeah. in that, which, which sadly didn't live up to it. Danny Roberts was involved in a great fight with Claudio Silva. Weird one, that, the way that that finished, because it was classed as a verbal submission. Danny, extremely distraught at the end of it, because he says he never said anything. Listen, if someone's trying to rip your arm off, you're going to make a bit of noise, aren't you? You're not going to sit there and let them do it. You're going to make a few grunts. He didn't protest straight away, but he protested after the replay. And, and that's what I'm sure we'll find. Yeah. That'll, that'll play it itself settle, out. Yeah, yeah. Check out on social media what happened with that, because it will all come out in the wash later on tonight. Unbelievable reception for Nathaniel Wood, a man that we've, we've covered in Cage Warriors. He's been sensational. I thought he was great tonight. That's three submissions, victories on the spin for a lad that's technically a striker. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought it was an easy match for him, I'll be fair. Yeah. I mean, but, but, you know, he, he's, he's handsome, he's versatile. I think he's a star in the making, you know, and he's got Brad Pickett around him. Base, yeah, Big he's got Brad base. Pickett with him, and Brad will be a great mentor for him. Big fan base, like you say, and uh, he'll do very, very well. Can't wait to see him fight. Bantamweight, isn't he? Mm. Look out for Nathaniel. Now, regarding Leon Edwards, he walked into the octagon to booze because he were up against Gunny Nelson, fan favourite. They were all going crazy for him. But I'll tell you something, Leon Edwards really impressed me tonight. Gunny Nelson, I thought, would take him down and submit him. I thought his takedown defence was good. He had some good tech. Uh, he had some good offence in the same field and he nearly had him out of there in the second round that, in, that elbow on the inside that put Gunny down I thought here we go I thought regardless of how he went about winning tonight if he got the victory we've got to put some respect on his name now we've got to, we've got to start matching him with some top 10 boys haven't we some real real killers Leon I'd picked Gunny to win tonight because if it went to the ground I thought Gunny oh, you yeah. know savant that he is on the ground he would submit Leon but do you know what there was a moment in the first round or in the second round where I think where Leon was looking to submit Gunny 
Um, I thought Le- what Leon did brilliantly when he was taken down early on is he kept his heart rate low, yeah. stayed very calm, he did seem very, very patient. calm. Gunny couldn't get anywhere with him and he was trying. Gunny had wrist control. Yeah. Um, he, he, he was trying to move him into a position to submit him and... Leon grew massively in confidence in that first round, and he dominated the fight. Mm. And uh, on the ground, he impressed. Um, the overall performance impressed. He's a very big welterweight. Yeah. And, um, you know, he really goes onwards and upwards from here. He and his brother Fabian are both brilliant fighters, mm. um, and I really do think Leon's could well climb in that welterweight division, Adam. Right, come on then. If you're uh, in charge of the uh, purses tonight and you're dishing out the bonuses, I think we've all agreed. George Masvidal gets... Jorge Masvidal... He gets what? ...de Miami, Florida... All right. ...gets a bonus. So where's the others going? Leon Edwards definitely gets a bonus. Okay. And there's one more, yeah? Yep. Um... I'm going to I give think it to Molly McCann. You're going there, I'm yeah? going Molly you McCann. You think Molly yeah. McCann over Nathaniel Sweet Wood? Molly McCann! I, th- I think it is between Molly and Nathaniel, so we'll find out shortly, no doubt, at the press conference who, uh, who gets the uh, extra bonuses, who gets the quids. All I want to say is the way the British fans are for this sport is amazing. The... the the, the, the rendition of Sweet Caroline tonight, the, it was like a big Anthony Joshua event. Yeah. It was as big as any big boxing event we go to. Mm-hmm. This sport needs to be understood and to be covered properly in Britain. We both believed in it for, it for a very long time. Don't look at MMA as cage fighting and thugs. It really isn't. It's, There's a lot of there skill. was a lot, a lot of, of erudite skill. skill tonight. In fact, there wasn't a lot of trading it was real technical stuff out there people really feeling each other out it's a brilliant sport there's no trouble here at all whatsoever it's a fantastic time for mixed martial arts it really is Um, and that kind of brings us to uh, a close tonight so thank you very much for listening to us it will be available on the podcast you can get it on the talksport website and via itunes look out for fight night we'll also squeeze in there a little bit of extra content as well because gareth caught up with jimmy manua having a little bit of a chinwag with him backstage as well Uh, so get on that all right like i said on itunes and on the talksport website like talksport.com um, we will be back next week um, back in the studio no doubt talking a little bit about boxing uh, as uh, Charlie Edwards is uh, defending his WBC flyweight crown which we were talking about earlier on have a great night so I'm here with the one and only the brutal the big the belligerent the man from South London who eats first when he fights. It's Jimmy Manor, of course. How are you, Jimmy? How you doing? I didn't go through that. Yeah, you you used to this O2. Oh, you're not fighting tonight, but you used to this O2 Arena night every yeah. year, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it's a big night of the of the year, and we always look forward to it, definitely. Yeah, it's the UFC showcase. Now, look, we all need to know when you're out next. I'm looking at June. I'm looking at June on the on the Sweden card. I've never fought in uh, Stockholm before, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that should be my comeback fight, definitely. And an opponent in mind? Mm, no, no. We've got a few options and that, so whoever comes to light and that, yeah. So, so we, Who we, is we, there in that top ten, though, that you want to fight now? Even a rematch or something? I don't know. Maybe a rematch. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't got any any names in mind. I, I just fight whoever, you know what I mean? I do know you and you will fight whoever. Yeah. The one guy you haven't fought in the division is Jones mm. and you must want to fight with Jones you want to, when you pull the pipe and when you pull the slippers on and smoke your pipe eventually yeah. you'll want to tell the grandchildren that you fought John Jones yeah. maybe you beat him but 100%. that you fought John Jones 100% but um, 
I think I need a couple of wins. I keep, I need a, yeah, I need a good win streak mm -hmm. to get to get to him, you know. And um, unfortunately, I, I ain't had that in the last few, a couple of fights. But um, you know, we're still working. We're still working. You know, it's a fighting game. Like you say, it really is only a couple of wins, though, because obviously you match up with him well. Yeah. And it could be Jones in Everyone the UK. Says that. Everyone says that, you know. Everyone says that, and I'd, I'd love to fight him, but he's getting there, you know. He's getting to the to the contender spot and everything. I was there last time and everything, but I, I lost to Volkan and that. But um, you know, working back towards, but uh, getting back there. See, I see parallels with years ago. I covered Michael Bisping's career and. He was close to that title shot yeah, and he like so close yeah, to it and then he's yeah, close to it. Yeah. You're the same. You're going to try, try and try again. Yeah. You, you know, you're a warrior through and through. And what happened in the end when he fought Silver? And it was here, remember? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know? He got it. He got it, man. So. Is, that, is that template in your mind kind of thing? Mate, I'm a fighter, man. I'm a fighter. I'm a lion. And, and you know, that, that, that's what I do. So, you know, naturally, it's like that, that's there in my, in my mind. You know, you've been... In, you know, you've been with UCMMA, you were unbeaten, you were this knockout artist, you've come to the UFC, it's a very tough level. Are you seeing progress over the last three, four years in the sport growing in this country? Do, do you think it's changed the perception of it, the way people kind of, I see you being recognised when we're out and about now, people enjoy you. Do you feel that, that it's changing? Yeah, 100%. But it's definitely changing with the new style of athletes. Everyone knows everything now. Before it was just... He, he's a good jiu-jitsu artist, he's a good tie boxer, he's a good boxer or whatever. But now everyone knows everything, so all these unorthodox styles are coming through and everything, and uh, it's, getting, it's getting interesting, but, you know, um, that's what it is, man. Like, it's evolving, everything's evolving before your eyes. But, but MMA used to be a little bit like it was a dirty secret in the sports landscape, but it's kind of changed. People like it now, they yeah. accept it. Yeah. The youngsters are coming through, yeah. you know, the 15 to 30-year-olds, and they are, they are seeing MMA as a bona fide sport that belongs al alongside rugby and football and um, all those other things. We're, we're watching an exciting fight between Roberts and Silva here. It's like two stag beetles tied up, isn't it? <laughs> See if he gets his heel hook. It's a great fight, man. Three minutes left. I, th I had Silva winning this by submission, actually. He's nearly got it. He's nearly yeah. got it. He's out. He's out. He's out. There's a lot of blood in this fight. <laughs> Your kind of fight. <laughs> exactly. This is where you don't enjoy being, isn't it? Or do you, do you roll a lot? No, I... I wrote, I've always rolled, I've always rolled, but it, no one's ever seen me on the floor. And if I, I, I prefer to give the, the, the fans uh, exciting fights, which I always have. And uh, that's, what, that's, what, that's what they all love me for. And that, always got armbar. So we're watching Robertson Silva here. Listen, it's great to see you as always. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. 
No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Bye. Thanks very much, man. Always, always good to be here.